Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up, all right, people, here we go. It is now February the 11th. That would be a Tuesday. Welcome into the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez. It is the early line. We'll look to get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports. And, of course, we'll take a look ahead to what is going to be a great night of action. Five NBA games, 22 Uh, college basketball games, and of course, uh, we've got 11 NHL games as the NHL continues uh, to cruise. Before we know it, it'll be playoff time there. Uh, Again, more very valuable and important college basketball landscape and real estate tonight in conference play, especially don't look any further than the Big Ten. We got a couple of games that we need to uh, break down for you, including Penn State. And Purdue, Purdue suddenly one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten. We'll go ahead and get you the latest numbers on that. Not to mention Maryland finally playing. uh, Maryland's playing a game at home. They, too, seem to be able to win on the road at home and neutral sites. All of a sudden, Maryland could very well be one of those teams you might want to take a look at future prices on. And then will Michigan State ever win a game again? Uh, They'll have an opportunity tonight to kind of right the ship. It's been a rough couple of weeks for them. Uh, It's been at least a rough 10 days for them. They have not been able to put it together. And, of course, losing to their rival Michigan uh, was not good at all, especially the way they were beat. So plenty to get to there, Dane. And, of course, last night, our bets, uh, the Miami Heat last night uh, that you were on, Jimmy Butler, and this is the problem of betting. uh, I'm making a bet at 8 a.m. Not knowing who's going to play. Yep, yep. It's a it's a hazard. Uh, yes, the uh, Jimmy Butler decided to play uh, a half hour before tip off last night, so that kind of changed the dynamic. Uh, the Heat won. The Heat covered, laying uh, and it was actually pushed up to seven. And the Florida State Seminoles could not take advantage of 18 Duke turnovers, 18, uh, and could not take advantage. They lost, but they certainly covered. The seven and a half, eight points, depending on when you got it, uh, they only lost by five. So it was a interesting night on uh, on the NBA court. We'll run down those games, plus what happened in college. We'll do that coming up next. But first, we got to get you your headlines this morning on the early line. Here's Dan Strappin on the grid. Sports Grid News Update. Well, guys, starting with some NFL news, the L.A. Chargers and Phillip Rivers did part ways on Monday. ESPN's Jenna Lane reporting that the Buccaneers' interest in impending free agent Phillip Rivers is legitimate. Suspended Browns defensive end Miles Garrett met with Commissioner Roger Goodell on Monday. The 24-year-old reinstatement was expected to occur upon meeting with league officials, but Garrett reportedly walked away without any hard timetable for his return. In the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo welcomed his son Liam to the world on Monday and subsequently missed the Bucks game Monday night. He could be out another game or two this week. Top performers in the NBA from Monday, Pascal Siakam had 34 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 
and a block in a 137-126 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Demontis Sabonis had a triple-double, 23 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, as the Indiana Pacers fell 106-105 to to the Brooklyn Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie with the game winner in that one. Nikola Vucevic, 24 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, as the Orlando Magic beat the Atlanta Hawks 135-126. to In some baseball news, pitchers and catchers will continue to report today and throughout the week. Padres, Pirates, and Mets all reported on the 10th. But get this, guys. Major League Baseball is apparently mulling significant changes to its postseason, including increasing the number of teams from 10 to 14 and adding a new way for matchups to be determined. MLB is considering a move in which each league would have three division winners and four wildcard teams making the postseason starting in 2020. According to multiple sources and multiple reports, the best team in the league would receive a a buy into the division series, but then the remaining division winners would get to choose their first round opponents, and that would happen live on television. We'll have to wait to see if that is in fact adopted, but some harsh, harsh reactions already on social media and across some columns from sports columnists. I'm Dan Strafford. This has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much. Yeah, plenty to get That's to crazy. on the... Uh... On the baseball front, including uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, just calling Rob Manfred the dumbest man alive. Uh, just really funny stuff there. But I don't ever have a problem with baseball trying to be inventive and and doing new things because sure. it is the one sport that lives in the rearview mirror better than any sport ever. So anytime you're telling the old baseball purists, you know, uh, screw you, I'm good. Uh, because yeah. it takes literally an act of God in order to be able to get something to change in Major League Baseball. So I'm okay with talking about it. I'm okay with debating it. Don't kill it. I know the purists, they love that. You know, this is the way we've always done it. Well, it's 2020. Uh, get over yourself, Dane. And um, yeah. No sport cares more about their record books no, and it, wax it poetic about the nostalgia. Because it's, it's a lot of old white men. Yeah. And, you know, and they're that's dying why we don't off, like the so. bat flip. Yeah, exactly. They're dying off, though, which is great. Uh, Like, hurry up, guys. There's no (laughs) way we're going to be able to take this sport into the next next millennium without you. We got the wild card, and look how good that was. Exactly. I mean, they listen, they don't do things like the NFL from the standpoint of, all right, let's overreact, let's hurry up and make wholesale changes. They, They do it, and when they usually do make the moves, it turns out to be, you know, pretty good, except for netting. Apparently, they have a problem with netting. They can't seem to get that done right away. That's ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, but don't. But choosing your opponent, Joe, what's going to happen right. the first time, like, you pick who you think is the best matchup, then you right. lose a short five-game series, and that manager gets fired? Like, is it the GM who makes the choice? The manager who makes the choice? Moneyball who makes the choice? You know, like, who's... Who's accountable for that decision if it goes you left? You both know You and I both know. It's going to be a spreadsheet. It's right. going to be mathematics. It's going to be some sort of But then it'll still come down on the manager. The manager yeah, will still get fired, though. Exactly correct. Absolutely correct. You know it, and I know it. And that's, uh, that's the other problem uh, of baseball trending in that a lot less gut feel, a lot more hard mathematical data is what... The pivot table. Yeah, that's it, what they're running right now. So it's, it's going to be... Um, It'll be interesting, but I can promise you this, baseball pure, it, nothing is happening overnight. Uh, I applaud Manfred for doing anything to try to take the focus off the cheating Astros and the cheating Red Sox and pretty much the worst-kept secret in all of baseball. 
but the truth is, I, I doubt very much anything like that will be implemented, Dane, within the next, oh, I don't know, uh, five years. So it's going to take time. a little while. It'll be yeah, the same it'll time. Weren't they talking about putting, like, the guy on second base uh, yes. after, like, the 14th inning and the robotic yes. strike zone? This That's will all correct. come in kind of the same uh, in That's the same correct. wave when it's collectively bargained. Yep, yep. It's uh, And get ready, guys. Uh, baseball, it is time to start thinking about baseball. And we got you uh, covered here on the early line. We'll start uh, pushing forward with a whole lot of win totals and start breaking down yeah. as pitchers and catchers already reporting here. Uh, not officially, but they're here. Uh, baseball players all over South Florida getting ready. And I got to tell you, the one right. place, Dan, a lot of eyes are going to be on is not only the Houston Astros training facility. It also happens they share it with the Washington Nationals, the World Series Ooh, champion Washington Nationals. So that's going to be pretty epic here over the month of March uh, as they get ready for the season, February and March. Yeah, they've already uh, they've got planned protests out there. They everywhere the Houston Astros go, sure. it is going to be a free for all. People, I don't know how they live. It's going to be a while, man. I would not want to go on the road with the Houston Astros this year. Did you see the Yankees minor league squad, the Staten Island Yankees, when they are hosting the Houston Astros single A affiliate? Okay. It is. Um, it's mini garbage can night at the stadium. They're giving away at the promotion. They're Love giving it. away little like, you know, desktop waste paper baskets or whatever. Yes, love that. Yes. We need more of that every right. time we need They're more gonna of that. They're going to get trolled all year long. It's going to be hysterical. Yeah. What happens if they hit 230 as a team this year, too? I mean, the, the pressure is enormous on them. I mean, they keep pretending like, ah, oh, we didn't need I'm, I'm, All right, yeah. well. If, if you hit 220 as a team, guess what, guys? It's uh, you will. It will be very hard to overcome mm -hmm. that. And you know what? Truth be told, you're on your best behavior. You hit 280 as a team. I think that's the that's certainly one way to be able to mitigate yep. it and go. You know we'll what, guys? How much it help? We'll see how much did it help. Exactly. How much did it help? And how juiced are the balls? I think we'll know that rather quickly yeah. as well. Did they tinker with the ball again this year, or are we Dane going to be looking at situations where? Yeah, it's a, here we go. We got short Are stops we and a buck 80. overs until further notice? Until we know until if they did anything with the ball? We'll, we'll know right? in 30 days. I think we'll know immediately in uh, in spring training. I think we'll know immediately. So uh, looking forward to it, too. Baseball talk is coming, um, and I can't wait, guys, to get in there and start diving into some of these numbers. In the meantime, it was a huge night for the public Last night, the uh, I think two out of three, actually all three of the public's favorite bets, the most bet games last night, uh, covered for the chalk, and that means it covered ah. for the public. So, and no none bigger than Florida State in that game. It's for the first time in a long time. They uh, Duke last night actually got less than 30% at home, 30% of the bets. And wow. that doesn't happen very often. In fact, it was a really cool contrarian spot for betters last night if you wanted to fade the public uh, and uh, not avoid the trendy uh, the trendy dog. But after all, it covered. Great teams. Uh, good teams win. Cover hit too. Great teams cover. That's exactly it. We'll have uh, more from the other two chalky favorites last night and how they did. We'll do that coming up here. This is the early line on the grid. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com.
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here tonight. Uh, five NBA games, 22 college hoop games, a big night in the NHL. 11 of those games are uh, going to be on the card. Plenty of opportunities for you to profit tonight, both uh, both pregame and, of course, in-game, in-game live, uh, kicking off uh, here a little bit later on the network. And if you have not had a chance to dabble in some in-game betting, certainly would invite you guys uh, to join uh, the whole crew here as uh, as everyone beginning right around 7 o'clock. Uh, you will uh, yep. have yourself an opportunity to dive in-game and start making some money, especially in the NBA, which is, Dane, it's increasingly becoming very evident to me that in the NBA, if you yeah. bet anything prior to... At, at the least an hour before uh, tip-off, it's almost craziness yeah. due to the fact of just the total randomness of not knowing. And, and the NBA has got to do something about this. I have railed about this. We talked about it last year during the playoffs where they do a terrible job of notifying the betting public. And I know they're not beholden to betters here, but the reality is you know, I would have loved to have had that information about Lillard's shoulder during the damn playoffs last year. That right. would have actually changed my mind on prop bets, would have changed my mind on, and I, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know, but I would have liked to have had the information, that information. It's just about the information. They don't do it. They are the worst. The NFL at least puts on a happy face and says, we're making the effort. The NBA, right. there's, you know, they say we don't want you load management, right? So what these guys do is they... It's an hour before it's, oh, my hamstring, oh, my knee. Yeah. Uh, it's, again, worst kept secret in sports, and we continue to allow it. But if you're going to embrace sports betting, the NBA is absolutely horrific when it comes to who's hurt, when they're hurt, who's playing, who's not playing. And Miami uh, was perfect last night, Dan. You, you hopped on Miami here at 7 o'clock in the morning yesterday. And at that moment, it seemed like the right play because nobody had been playing. Jimmy Butler hadn't been playing. Tyler Hero's right. out. And then all of a sudden, you know, a half hour before tip-off last night, about 9.30 Eastern, the line shoots up to seven, seven and a half. And I'm going, what the, what just happened here? Well, what happened is Jimmy Butler decided, oh, my, my shoulder, it feels better. I'm going to hop on the court. Like, how in the hell are you supposed to bet a game not based upon Jimmy Butler not being in, and then all of a sudden Jimmy Butler's in, and you're going, all right, what am I supposed to do now? Well, you've answered it. What you're supposed to do is not make an official pick 12 hours before the game starts. You know, that's what it is. We're here. We're on. That's what we're going to do. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler goes 21 and 10. You know, and that and that certainly helps them cover the number. They win 113 to 101. But, I think you make a good point, right? As it relates to the live betting, you've said it before. That's where the handle is coming in. And in the NBA right. specifically, every, it's such a game of runs in the NBA, right? So you have 
you have an opportunity every time there's a 20-second timeout. You have an opportunity to see, oh, are we at the end of the run, the beginning of the run? But that's why you need to keep it locked right. to Sports Grid all day long, especially right before the games with Pharrell and his crew, because, right. you know, you have to see how these things move over time. It, it gets tough, guys. I'm telling you right now, it's getting uh, increasingly more difficult to be prudent because we say it all the time, you want to bet numbers. You're not betting teams, you're betting numbers. But it's right. very hard to bet numbers when you're not given the full complement of information. And we've talked to Drew Dinkmeyer about this, too. And from a DFS perspective, it's, it's almost impossible. I mean, how in the hell are you supposed to pop bet? How are you supposed to put a DFS lineup when you're really right. not sure, not only guys on the team, but teams they're playing? Who are they going up against? So, it, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing right now in the NBA. So I would caution folks to be a little bit careful as far as how they approach it, because if you don't have the full complement of information, you are asking, uh, you are asking for trouble. Now you only got five games on the board here tonight, not, yep. and especially the back-to-backs day. And that right? Isn't that where we're seeing? That's what I thought. The, I was on. You know? I was fading Miami yesterday because yep. it was the second of a back-to-back, both on the road on the West yep. Coast. That yep, was part of it absolutely. also. Absolutely. Yep. And that's so that's what you're supposed to do. It's part of the handicapping process, guys, in the NBA is scheduling. We've always said 80 percent of right. being successful in handicapping the NBA is about understanding schedule. But I thought they implemented rules in the NBA that, uh, you know, didn't allow yep. for guys to have load management. But now they, you know, they trip, they stub their toe and mm -hmm. and betters are sitting there going. And I know you weren't alone. There were a couple of guys yesterday. I know that backed Miami, they were convinced Jimmy Butler wasn't going to play. And right. voila, Jimmy Butler plays and leads the team to victory in Golden State. Andre Iguodala, by the way, his first uh, returning uh, opportunity true. there to uh, Golden State. They did a nice little ceremony in the beginning. Um, I, Clay Thompson came out, said some nice words, and they they put up a, uh, a video montage. So they, they did the right thing, and it was funny. Uh, Iguodala's like, don't worry, you know, these, these boys will be back next year and they'll dominate for 80 games. Meaning, of course, <laughs> that, yeah, the two games they're going to play against the Miami Heat the last two, next right? year, which I thought was <laughs> great. Funny. Uh, but funny. it was a big chalky night last night. When I say the public did good, guys, I mean the public did good. Looking at the NBA, 7-2 and two straight up and against the numbers, what favorites yeah. were. The Raptors, Dane, they won again. The Raptors don't lose now. Raptors uh, lay an eight and a half. They covered. They won for the 15th straight time now. Ten and five against the number during this streak, guys. The two upsets, though, shout out to the uh, Brooklyn Nets, who were getting uh, plus seven there, plus 230 on the money line at the Pacers. The Pacers just can't get the job done, guys. It's absolutely crazy. Hornets also, uh, they were getting three and a half. Uh, they just destroyed the Pistons. The Pistons scored 11 points, I think, in the first quarter. That tells you how that game went there. Plus 140 on the money line. Uh, and overs, Dane, last night. The overs were, and look no further, when you have an Orlando Magic team that you look at the board and it's 130 points or more and it wasn't in overtime, Holy crap. You want to talk, the chances are they probably played the Washington Wizards. I'm just going to guess because that's probably yeah. the uh, the worst defense known to man or the Atlanta Hawks. It, it's going to be some sort of combination of that because Orlando's got no business scoring 130 points against anybody, Dane. This is true, but doesn't Orlando also have one of the better defenses yeah, in well, the league in terms home. of points per game? Right. 
So, you know, that idea, I would, I'm taking unders with Orlando for the most part, but that got blown out of the water, I guess, huh? Yeah, it absolutely did. And uh, listen, what are you going to do? Miami, it's a, it's a, um, it's a small card tonight, but of course it would not be Philadelphia if there was a little drama associated last night too. I don't know if you uh, caught a Joel Embiid getting all. You know, he's getting all sorts of uh, cryptic there with his posts. And there was Jimmy Butler right there letting him know that, hey, man, if you got uh, if you got a problem, let me know. We got no issue getting you down here to Miami. I think it's going to be an absolute mess in Philadelphia this year. I really do think this thing is on after the All-Star break. I think it implodes. I I really do, Dane. I don't see how they uh, I don't see how they survive this year unless they go on some crazy winning streak, but they can't win on the road. And when Embiid's doing that kind of stuff, I think the whole locker room is mm-hmm. basically me, 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 I, I, I right now. Yeah, and that, we've heard that from Al Horford also. And yes. he is like a veteran that is not I, 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 you know, and he's saying that there's some issues going on. Here's my take, honestly. I don't know that Miami should want Joel Embiid. I don't think any team should want necessarily Joel Embiid or any big man. That's what we are seeing right now. I got a stat for you. I put it up on my Twitter timeline for a place called the Nylon Calculus, okay? Okay. Uh, About seven years ago, Joe, NBA teams averaged having over four guys on their roster that were 6'10 or bigger. Now... Mm. It's about two and a half, okay? The big man is fading away, and that's what we're seeing, and I think we get it tested tonight. You look at that Houston-Boston game, okay? Houston doesn't want a center, right? Mm. And Boston, we were saying they were a team that we thought might go get an Andre Drummond, a Tristan Thompson, that what they still needed was a big post presence. They didn't do it. So Boston and Houston are two teams that I think that are trying this small ball out and I'm going to be very interested to see how far they go. Yeah, it's um, me too. Uh, it's like good because I do the guy think the future of the position. Yep. Ben I Simmons future. may develop an outside shot the same way Zion needs to, the same way Blake Griffin has. I think right. there's a better chance of Ben Simmons developing a shot than all of a sudden the entire NBA evolving back to needing Joel Embiid in the post. I Yes. and. Let's face it, his effort is a question. People are questioning a lot where he only plays half, uh, you know, he plays half the games, plays half a season. He is a concern as far as uh, as far as that goes. You know, he, he posts this on his timeline last night with the whole, you know, shush. And then, you know, he's quoting all sorts of, uh, he's quoting all sorts of computer. You die, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Hashtag the process. So Jimmy Butler comes right back and says, I know a place where villains are welcome. And uh, the Internet explodes last night. Right. And listen, the kid is the kid is the future no matter where he goes. I mean, he is that talented, guys. Make no mistake about it. You can't be that. He is athletically gifted. But the problem is he's still so young, Dane. He really is. And in a lot of cases, he's not. We're not talking about a dude. For he's a baby. Half the he, right. He's a baby. And that's the that? problem. Yes. How do you build around that? He doesn't need to be paired up with another baby. A guy like Jimmy Butler, who he respects, will kick him in the I I don't know who he respects on that team. 
I, I, right. who's he, is he looking at Tobias Harris and going, this is right. a guy I want to end? Jimmy Butler was the guy that he looked up to. He was the guy that if Jimmy Butler said, do this, do this, he would do it. But I don't have, I don't think anybody's pushing him there. It's this battle between him and Simmons all the time, and they don't fit together. That makes sense. That's like with the Knicks, Carmelo. He got the yes. best when there was Jason Kidd, Rasheed Thank Wallace you. around Thank him you. that he had to respect, or Team yep. USA. Well, yep. the dude. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. All right, college hoops last night. Three things you need to know. We'll get you caught up with it next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. night the public rejoice the public hammers the sports books as their three big plays the three biggest bet games of the night all cash in favor of the public uh and of course the most popular game where nearly eight out of ten of the bets coming in uh were on florida state taking on uh, duke and yes and the public was a big part of that dane they closed it opened at eight and a half it closed seven and a half but they only lost by five 70 to 65 so they covered the spread the second most heavily bet game of the night was baylor taking down texas 52 to 45 and oh yeah um, that game there was six points, right? We saw that six points. So Baylor covers three out of four of the bets were coming in on Baylor in that one. And, uh, all of a sudden Texas tech followed the third most wow. bet game last night and Texas tech just absolutely hammered TCU 88 to 42. You had two thirds of the public bets, two thirds of the bets in total. Most of that was public money coming in there and uh, and hitting the Red Raiders. It opened up to plus 11. It did move down to 10, Dan, but a lot of that was because the the contrarian professional better was going, oh, no, let me, let me move this back. This is going to be right. the public loves all of these bets. So the contrarian last night gets crushed as the public and, oh, yeah, the sports books, they take a hit. But I will say this. You know this and I know this, Dane. Uh, the sports books are not in business to lose money. It's not what they do. So what they know is after you have the perfect storm of public success like you had last night, right? Here's a couple of things the books absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Inflated? The public now thinks they are the greatest handicappers in the world. They go back now, to the well. they're going to take that money tonight and they're going to go and think that they can roll it. So they are going to take all of that money they made and they are going to go to more favorite games, you know, popular games, TV games. Yeah. And what do you think the books are going to do with those lines, Dane? Yeah, they're going to they, inflate them. Oh, they're definitely you damn straight them. they are. And contrarians tonight are set. It's like drool coming down the side of their mouths now because 
they already know, Dane, what's going to happen. Tonight, I promise you, tomorrow morning, when we're here, we're going to be talking about a totally different story because we know the books do this on a regular basis anyway, but now that they know they've got the public because they're so predictable, right? It, what do you think? Games like tonight, when you look at like Michigan State yeah, and you I'm look at, at you know what's going to happen here, Dane. The lines are going to be overinflated, a half a point, maybe even a point. The yeah. all that money that the public won, Dane's going to roll over tonight and going, oh, I got Dayton. Oh, give so me Dayton ask you. tonight. I was going to ask you because you're talking about it as the public thing, right? That's correct. That this will be the public response. Yep. Is that mitigated at all because Dayton? San Diego State, these are not public teams, Joe. These are mid-major teams that are having great years. Does the public, in essence, like know about Dayton enough to lay nine and a half? Do they know about San Diego State enough to lay 15 or 16 points? Like, mm -hmm. I get it with the Kentucky, with Maryland, you know, Michigan State. But what about some of these lesser-known schools that are in the top 10 this year? Like you just said it, Dane. That that's the key right there. The public knows. They got to be poll, public teams, right? List. No, no. It, they got to be top ten, top fifteen. If they have that little have number, number next to them, that's okay. what they're doing. So, because the public better looks at the card and goes, number sixth ranked Dayton versus who? Right. Rhode Island. Oh, right. that's got to be. Who the hell is that? It's the same concept. So Dayton has got to win. Yes, I don't know anything about Rhode Island, but you know what I know about Dayton? They're the they're sixth ranked. best team in the country, <laughs> as far right. as I know. So that's what they're doing. So, And you're looking – to me, this is going to be the game of the night, too. Uh, um, this is the sneaky bet of the night with Dayton. Yes, they are on the roll. But these are the two best teams in the Atlantic 10, Dane. Uh, Rhode Island is yeah, ten just as hot as Dayton is right yeah. now. Both teams, I believe, Rhode Island has 10 straight. Maxwell's been talking about them. Yeah. And Dayton's got 12. So you got one team who's won 10 straight in Rhode Island, another one that's won 12 straight. This opened right. up as Dayton, what, 10-point home favorite, I believe? Dayton's at home here. Nine and a half? Okay, so. Nine and yeah. a half on FanDuel, 47. Right. So now what you're starting to see is it opens up at 10, and now you're starting to see some of that money start to come back, and, uh, and it's coming down. So some of the Rhode Island early sharp yeah. money is coming in right now. But. Listen, you, conference road dog, and a line is moving in their favor, Dane. Yep. Rhode Island. I like that. That is I like a, that a lot. huge indicator, huge indicator. And Michigan State, listen, Michigan State, what's the perception of Michigan State right now in the public, guys? They suck, right? It's, yeah, they lost to Michigan on the road. They lost to Michigan. It's been a rough go for it, guys. They yep. actually don't, for the first time this year, Dane, have a little number next to their name. So... Oh. Now, all of a sudden, you fall out of the top 25. You're taking on a top 25 team in Illinois who also just lost here. So what? where do you go? What do you do? Michigan State opened up as, what are you showing at uh, FanDuel right now with the number? I'm seeing one yeah, and a half it opened up. I'm seeing one and a half towards Sparty. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm also seeing two-thirds of the bets with Michigan State right now. And yet you're telling me that line is still at one and a half. So, and a half. yeah. So that means somebody, if that line's frozen, Michigan State's getting all the bets, guys, and the line ain't moving, that tells me the contrarians have already told you they love Illinois in this spot. All right, Joe, I got to ask you, though. Big bet. Damn. It's the biggest bet game on the board right now as of, uh, as of 730. So 
I'm worried that I might fall into the trap. Uh-oh. I'm worried I might fall into the trap. Um, I like LSU tonight. Oh, I knew. <laughs> I like LSU tonight. Bounce back. Bounce back. Right. right. Bounce back at home against Missouri, who has only like one road win in conference. And yep. Missouri, I mean, they're a bottom feeder in this in this conference. The number I'm seeing is like 10 and a half, 11. But I'm looking at the bounce back spot for a team that our guy Maxwell says is a good squad, lost a tough game over the weekend. They get back home. So I was going to take one of these favorites. Are you saying, though, that line is inflated? Oh, it's yes, it's inflated, but it's inflated to a point where you're still good. And LSU, here's what you need to know about LSU. They're home tonight, right? Right. They're coming off of a just horrific loss where they blew. Oh, yeah. Oh, the way they let Auburn come back in a final game. Against the bottom feeder. So here's what we know about Missouri. They're 1-7 against the number in their last eight games. They're 0-6 against the number in their last six on the road. And meanwhile, LSU, they feast on lesser competition. This year, they've been – they're 5-1 against the number against opponents that have losing records. This is the prime spot. They are not going to take their – their biggest problem has been second half. LSU dominates you in the first half, so that might be worth taking a look at as well. Dominate you. Their problem comes – they come out and they stop playing in the second half. At home tonight against a lesser team, uh, this this could be a 20-point victory here tonight, dominating uh, Missouri. But it's – you're right. You're looking at this going, this should be a – this should be completely a one-sided affair, but am I am I setting myself up, so to speak? Yeah, I just didn't know if I was falling into the trap because we started oh. this segment with because favorites, you know, did their yep. thing last night. Maybe, you know, it's yep. inflated a little bit, so I just wanted to check it. You know, I understand when you're talking about the big boys, the Dayton's, the Maryland's, right. even San Diego State. Ah, right. you know, yep. LSU fell to, I believe, number 25 in the country. And Which is, I just see it as a good spot for them. I think they're right. Missouri's right for the picking. I just yep. wanted to test the theory up against you. But it yep. seems like we're okay. I'm going to be go Tigers today. You get that I'm guys all in with I'm riding I'm with LSU. With Is that where you're going to cool. go? I'm, I'm all with I you, Dave. going to be my play. I was yep. thinking about the Qs, Joe. I was thinking about the Qs as yep. well. Q- yep. Mm-hmm. I think they're like four or five. Yep. But they have a quality opponent. NC State is a more quality opponent. Yes. So I think Missouri is just, you know, already worrying about spring break. They're awful. Yeah, I mean, Missouri is not going to be not in there. And then you're talking about an LSU team, to your point. They got embarrassed by Vanderbilt, right? Uh, the week prior, uh, the game prior, 99 to 90. They've never, Vanderbilt's only conference win against LSU of all things. So we said, look ahead line. They were looking ahead to that game to Auburn. So they come out, smoke Auburn in the first half, and then they fall apart in the second half. Auburn wins in overtime. Now they've got a Missouri team back home. Bam. I mean, this is, they are going to come out like they're fire from their nose tonight in LSU. I'm with you. But what is the, talk about overvalued or talk about shading the line. What's the San Diego state line? Uh, I'm seeing it at 15 and a half right now. Yeah, uh, uh, me too. Me too. And can I tell you, New Mexico is not, I repeat, not a bad team here. So mm-hmm. I think uh, if we're talking about shading the line, I think they're baiting a lot of people on the West Coast with San Diego State, which is, what are they, number three now, Dane? Two or three four. in the country? Number three, number four in the country. Number four in the country. 
Undefeated, the only undefeated team left. Um, I uh, I like. This is a lot of points. I'm just gonna say this is a lot of points. It feels, yeah, it feels. Um, it really does. It it just feels now. San Diego State is home, but it just feels very trappish to me. San Diego State, because they're such a low level team, have to win impressive to get like a number one seed. Do they like have to keep their foot on the gas? If they lose, if they lose a game, watch how far they fall. I think that'll tell us, right? If they lose a game, they need to go undefeated. That's what I think. They need to go undefeated. Yep. So we'll take a look at some of these other numbers coming up too. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, big card uh, tonight. A lot of interesting games. Uh, a lot of contrarian uh, opportunities for sports betters tonight in uh, in college hoops, as well as the NBA. We'll take a look at that coming up. Uh, but some headlines, uh, Dane, uh, regarding the XFL, as now we've had a yeah. couple of days here to digest it, and the numbers are pouring in. And one of the uh, one of the comparisons, and and it's a fair comparison to football leagues that started right after the NFL finished the Super Bowl two years in a row now. Uh, we had the AAF uh, start last year, ran out of money, but it gave us a sense of, okay, from a betting public and betting perspective, who was going to bet, how much was going to bet, and what were we going to do? Would it leave the fact that they, the AAF got, you know, ran out of right. money, would it would it affect people running to the window for the XFL? And uh, the answer is no. Uh, the XFL, we told you, had a great ratings week. We t- uh, ABC was, uh, was, was close to three and a half million. Uh, ESPN on Sunday had close to three million. So cable and traditional seemed to do very well. But the handle, the handle from both uh, just in uh, in Jersey, Dan, between DraftKings and FanDuel, the two sports yeah. books there, they did 20 times the handle than they did through the first week of the AAF last year. So 20 times the handle, guys, is a significant number, meaning a lot more bettors were interested, a lot more people went to the window, put money down, and said, all right. Uh, so that, to me, is a great indicator on what's going to happen here. I wonder if there's a correlation between ESPN, ABC, Saturday, hype surrounding the XFL, and boom, uh, here we are to the window. You had two favorites and two underdogs win. Uh, you know, there were 17,000 people at MetLife Stadium, Dane, 17,000, yeah. yeah. which is nuts to me. Um I, I think the LA, uh, that, that to me is they even more, more for the Roughnecks than they do for the Chargers. Yeah, I, listen, I'm more impressed. The fact that you had 20 times the handle for minor yeah. league football. So, um, I agree with impressive. most of that narrative, right? There mm-hmm. was more excitement. There was a real TV deal. So it was seen. My one question back to that, Joe, 
is the fact that we're also just talking about spring 2020 versus spring 2019. And in that year, naturally, it's exploded, right? Mm -hmm. So isn't some of it just like people are now going to bet on anything? Like the betting culture is a little bit more ingrained, especially in New Jersey. It's just Mm -hmm. bigger than it was a year ago. We keep on talking about the growth of it, how it surpassed Nevada. What about the fact that it just grew to such a behemoth in the year 2019 after the AAF. So if there was anything viable, it was going to be better. Just like the year-to-year growth of gambling in this country, I think, right. accounts for some of that, those numbers as well. Well, but and again, I'm, I'm talking about, and it's regionalism at its best here, guys. We're talking about two books in Jersey where the Guardians play. And... The fact that their handle was 20 times what it was, we don't have obviously the full, the country's look yet, or though we'll have the Vegas numbers shortly as well. Uh, to me, the Guardians, exciting for football. And you yeah. think about it, Dane, maybe it makes sense, right? You got a Guardians team, MetLife Stadium, you've got two fan bases from a football perspective that have had nothing to cheer about all year long. There's free shuttle and- bus, the sports book. Maybe maybe the Guardians, if they're halfway decent, uh, if it picks up steam, and I think this is why they wanted these teams in major cities, Dane, because yeah. if if you got a winning team, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, but if you got a winning team, especially a winning football team, uh, they'll come out and support it in, uh, in New sure. Jersey and New York. Will they not? Yes, but it's also interesting that they are physically based in New Jersey. So yes. anyone can bet on them at the stadium if they want on their mobile apps, right? So it's not like they're it's not like they're mm-hmm. playing in City Field, where you wouldn't be able to bet. There's a shuttle bus that'll take you right to the sports book, and you could do it on your phone in New Jersey. I wonder if all these eight teams were in states that were not part of the 20 or 25 that had mm-hmm. legalized sports gambling, what the handle would look like. It's funny too the difference between. Saturday and Sunday, Dane, uh, where, listen, here were the bets on Saturday. Now, after they had a chance to watch the two chalk teams win, right, two favorites right. win. So now what what happened from Saturday to Sunday? And the reality is the handle increased 55% from Saturday to Sunday. So people saw the product, they watched it, they consumed it, and then they decided they were going to go back. Analyzed. Or maybe there were people who held off and said, let me see what this crap is first before we do it. betting the game live. We're betting the sport. 55% is, that's huge. That is, that's a big, so almost, you know, half the people more decided to come by and say, you know what, let me, this looks pretty cool. Let me go ahead there. And even the money from a, um, from a money perspective, uh, from a, a ticket count perspective was up over 35% from Saturday to Sunday. So what do you, what do you think it, it is this week? Do you think they they ride that train? They continue to see increase in the amount of bets? That's the interesting part for me because the AAF people watched week one. Right. And then it went down the tubes, right? I'm going to be yep. very interested to see if the XFL can maintain the kind of buzz that is clearly going around right now. I think all the positive reviews from players, from the media will certainly help. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Like, for example, what happens when the XFL is competing against March Madness? Yes. In about a month and a half. It'll be the playoff push for the XFL, right? 
Yeah. But there'll be another gambling behemoth that they're messing with. So I it's... wonder if the staying power for the XFL is there. They had a great opening. Mm. Will it still be the same come week five, week six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, parlay is right. Oh, hi. hi. And I do think, too, just the total teams, Dane, there aren't – there's not a lot of options, right? So you had right. two games on, on Saturday, two games. So if you – if let's say you're a football guy and all of a sudden now football was over and you don't like basketball. You're not interested in betting on the NBA or the thing, right? So you really – you've got another avenue to go – all right, I can, I, I like, you know, let me go ahead and place it. And I think the two favorites winning on Saturday, like we just talked about last night with the public, obviously the public loves favorites. They won their money on Saturday, Dane. They went back on Sunday and oh, boom, so that's, that's where it is. So football fans, not, and you know this, not every football fan loves to bet on basketball. That's true. That's you true. Know? And maybe they don't give a damn that pitches and catches are reporting this it, week. You know, they love I, football. that's viable. Yep. I yep. just wonder that diehard football fan, they've latched them in. Will they mm -hmm. keep those fans? Yes. Yes. Will they will they continue to do I so and far the, the numbers the are pretty impressive. We'll but see. I do yeah. I do think that the the TV deal obviously and you know, being on the CBS streaming network and being on ABC like, or two or whatever it was, right? Totally different, you know, animal. It really, really is. And if we can yes, see a little bit yeah. of momentum, I mean, this. I think then we've got an opportunity. Have they posted the lines yet for this no, week's games and Fandle? All I have is futures. They so they still don't have the lines out yet for Not interesting. For Not that I've Not seen for week least. two yet. I wonder when they're going to, um, cause that's worth monitoring too, right? When do they post? When do they start posting those lines now that we've had some data out there to see? The interesting to me is I don't know what the practice week schedule is like, right? In the NFL, right. we know Good point. they're off, get their first practice and thus injury reports on Wednesday in the Good NFL. Point. And I yep. think that especially because we're on even footing, especially because two of the eight teams didn't have their starting quarterback. In week one, right? Josh Johnson, Landry Jones. And we got to see how those would move the numbers. So I bet they're waiting for practice reports. Mm. Like in the NFL, they come out right away. You have look-ahead lines for the whole damn season. I don't think there's enough information to do that because that creates a huge liability, right, for the books if they get that wrong. So I think they're going to be more cautious. You've talked about it in terms of limits, but it's also probably they want to get some more info before they put out lines. I yeah, it's I'm with you. When do the uh, when do the reports come out? When are, who's injured? Who's not? I, I can. We already have. We already have a firing. Like how the hell did this happen, Dane? Where Pepper, Pepper Johnson gets toasted as the defensive coordinator for the uh, for the Wildcats? I don't. I don't understand what the hell happened there. But he got uh, They got toasted by P.J. Walker, the uh, the former yeah. Temple quarterback who. Lit him up, looked like Lamar Jackson reincarnated there. Um, they also got rid of their team captain, the linebacker, Anthony Johnson. He tweeted out and said, I'm now a free agent. After one game, Dane, what the hell am I missing here? There's already uh, there's problems in L.A., I guess. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> how in the world? I mean, seriously, how in the world after one game sample are you going, all right, Pepper Johnson, this is not. And we're not talking about a dude that's. You know, this is not a rookie. This is a guy no. that 
How many rings does he have? <laughs> as a player and as a coach. And as a coach, right? I mean, New England as a player, obviously with the Giants. But yeah, wow. I mean, we a week ago, Joe, we said it was a clean slate. We don't know how is one game, albeit where you get used up by PJ Walker and the Houston Roughnecks. Like, how is that enough of a sample size to know that you're underperforming? Wow. I, you, how bad must have, how bad or inept was it that maybe, because don't forget, they were leading, I think, 14 to 6 in that game were. going into halftime, right? And then he got lit up in the second place, throwing it all around the yard. He looked like Kyler Murray. Wow, dude. Wow. Fireable. It's rough league, man. It's a rough league, damn it. One game in, you're already losing. Unreal. All right. Hour number two coming up next here. We'll get uh, Dan Strafford in. We'll get you updated, and uh, we'll let you know all the latest headlines. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com the early line. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.